Today, I wanted to talk about making your fortunes during the upside of this downturn. And essentially, what I noticed is that with interest rates being so high and talks of recession, I've noticed a lot of people waiting on the sidelines. They are waiting because they're waiting to jump into the market when the timing is right. So it's a, it's a little bit of market psychology in play over here, waiting to time the market, get into the market when it's the right time. But the problem with that is that it's never that simple because most of us, we're poor investors. Humans are poor investors purely because our emotions get in the way of investing, right? And it's really hard to make decisions based on the actual fundamentals. The, the truth is that to really participate in the upside of any downturn, there are three things you need to do. And the, the first and most critical of that is really understanding market psychology and using it to your advantage. So today, um, I want to deep dive into what Warren Buffett says when he says, be greedy when others are fearful. And yes, that's what you should be doing. But to do that, I, I believe it's three fundamental steps that you need to work towards. The first is really understanding market psychology and using it to your advantage. Second, you need to understand the fundamentals of the market. And then finally, you really need to understand your numbers. You need to under, uh, underwrite and know how to make your return on the buy. So, and that's how you acquire you know, assets during recession. So spring is coming. I want us to get ready. So let's deep dive into all three of these things. So we're actually able to make our fortunes this downturn. Okay. Welcome to Generational Wealth MD's podcast on financial freedom through investing in real estate. My name is Param Baladandapani. I'm a mom, radiologist, real estate investor, and mentor to others looking to start or scale their real estate portfolios. Thank you for being here today. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with inspiration, strategies, and insight so that you can stop trading your time for money and live life on your terms. If you love the episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Let's start off with market psychology, right? Um, when we talk about market psychology, the thing is that most investors, right, and we're all human, so most of us, it's natural to decide to buy or sell a property based on market sentiment, right? That's based on what everybody feels. Um, and, um, you know, we saw this right after the 2008 bust. Okay, this we saw this during the pandemic. When property prices are booming, everybody wants to buy right and uh, when prices start dropping when they start heading the other way that's when people either and i think this is sometimes the worst thing um they sell right it's an emotional sell or they sit on the sidelines and they don't do anything um and again like i said this is based on feelings and emotions not really um the fundamentals of the economy and and really understanding market psychology um, and the fundamentals is critical to being able to take the steps that you need to take. Um, and so it's not just about the education part where you know how to buy. If you don't master the first two parts of this triad, you're really, again, um, like most people, not going to be able to take advantage uh, of the of the of the cycle, right? As we go towards the upswing again. Um, so, like I said, uh, this this happened uh, during the pandemic. When this market cycle peaked in Q1 of 2022, right before interest rates started rising, again, sentiments were superly positive, right? Everybody wanted to invest. But that is also the time when risk is the highest, right? So if you look at market cycles, when you're at the top, when expansion happens, that's when risk is the highest uh, because after that, occupancy starts to drop, prices, property prices 
drop, um, cap rates begin to rise towards the, the market normal, right? And that's when the returns are the lowest. Um, and where we're sitting right now, which is, you know, we're, you know, it's the downturn, which is also called the recession. Uh, where we're sitting right now, this is where we have the least risk in the market. Prices and rents have corrected quite a bit. Occupancy uh, is is on the upswing from here, right? Um, and cap rates will compress, which means that prices will uh, will improve here forward. But this is where in investor sentiment isn't the strongest. Um, and uh, and so what what happens is that. I like to think of this as a spectrum, right? So if you're listening to this, I want you to identify where you are on the spectrum. Um, and I feel like as investors, we're usually either a worrier, where the worrier is always concerned about overpaying, right? There's always fear of overpaying for the worrier. And this is during good cycles, you know, uh, when during downturns, there's always this fear of overpaying, which is why they're always sitting on the sidelines. Um, smack in the middle, I think, is uh, the category of investors where um, I like to call them rookies. And uh, a rookie investor typically fluctuates between FOMO, fear of missing out, and fear of overpaying. And this is this is the this is the investor we were just talking about, right? This is the person who, when um, you know you're in expansion, um, the markets are doing really well. There's fear of missing out and they tend to overpay. And when there is a downturn, this is the kind of investor who's afraid then of overpaying. It's like right after the 08 crash, um, markets are never going to, the prices aren't going to go up ever. I'm not going to invest. This just, just doesn't make sense, right? So they tend to fluctuate between FOMO and fear of overpaying. And then the, the final um, category of investors, this is where I want all of us to be moving towards, right? Is the analyst, right? The analyst is practical and they are unconventional. They don't do what others are doing. And that's because they really understand market fundamentals um, and they are not emotion driven. Uh, and this is the, one of the most crucial lessons from Warren Buffett about investing um, during downturns is be greedy when others are fearful. And uh, the, the truth is that that's exactly what an analyst does because they are actually analyzing the market. They understand market cycles. They understand the fundamentals and they know how to underwrite and they're able to make those decisions, right? So it's not an emotion-based decision. Um, and I want to deep dive a little bit into the, the four parts of the market cycle so you understand it, so you can understand where we are in the market cycle at any given point. Um, you know what conventional thinking is in that part of the market cycle and you can... Um, and you can be the analyst and, um, and you can actually not make decisions along with the with the crowd and actually make decisions that are intelligent and practical. Um, and uh, for any of you listening to this, um, you know, we have the Physician Freedom Summit coming up um, in a few weeks. And uh, at the summit, we have uh, physician investors who have over a billion dollars in assets under management. They've been through market cycles. Uh, they know how to invest in alternative asset classes. And I really want you to tap into their expertise. So make sure you sign up for that. That is generationalwealthmd.com slash summit in lowercase. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity to learn, especially where we are in the market cycle, to learn from experts who've been doing this um, and who are freely sharing of their uh, you know, of their knowledge. Uh, it's a great opportunity, but um, let's deep dive into the, the four, uh, four parts of the market cycle so you understand basically where we are and what you should be doing, okay? What traditional sentiment is and, and, and what the right thing to do is. Okay, so the first 
part of the cycle is the expansion phase, right? It's also called boom, right, in layman's terminology. So the expansion, this is what we saw go leading into March 2022, right? Um, this is where uh, asset prices are increasing. Um, sentiment is overall positive. Rents are increasing. Occupancy is increasing. And this is when most people tend to overpay. They're willing to overpay because it looks like suddenly everybody, it's, it's all recency bias, right? Everyone's forgetting the actual cycles that are, you know, that's that's what the market does. Uh, everyone forgets those cycles and all you're seeing is this boom and um, inflation's doing great, prices are increasing, rents are increasing, occupancy is doing well. Everyone who invested in the last couple of years is doing great, right? That's the expansion or the boom phase. And uh, the, the, the overwhelming sentiment is fear of missing out, right, FOMO. Um, so the second part of the cycle is uh, hyper supply. Okay, this is where you've hit the peak and you're starting to see prices drop, rents correct, um, and uh, this is the beginning of the downturn, right? Layman's terminology. This is what happened after March 2022. And this is when sentiment sh begins to shift from FOMO to fear of overpaying, right? And um, the, sometimes this is where you see panic selling. Uh, but again, this is this is the hyper supply phase, also the beginning of the downturn. Now, the third part of the cycle, which is where I think we are right now, is the trough, also uh, called the recession. Um, and this is where most people tend to sit on the sidelines. Uh, they feel like prices are falling. Most people think that prices are never going to go up again. And there is uh, there's a prevalence of uh, fear of overpaying. But uh, actually, like the next two cycles, the recession and recovery are possibly the best times to buy. This is where sophisticated investors enter the market. They're searching for bargain prices because you're now in a uh, buyer's market suddenly, right? They tend to negotiate hard, uh, especially when panic sellers are trying, uh, you know, they're emotionally driven and they're trying to, um, you know, get rid of properties, right? So uh, recession, this is uh, where I believe we are now. And it happens to be one of the best times to consider buying. Risk is the lowest because you are... Over time, even without really doing anything significant, you are going to profit from the upside, right? Um, and then the next phase, the last uh, part of the, the market cycle is recovery. Um, and again, this is where fear of overpaying begins to slowly transition into uh, fear of missing out as prices start increasing, occupancy increases. And this is where cap rates are compressing, which means people are now willing to pay, um, you know, they're willing to pay more for the same amount of income, right? Okay, so those are the four parts of the cycle. And I think really understanding where you are in the cycle is key to oh. it, it is key to really making logical decisions because uh, this way you aren't swept by emotions. You know what traditional thinking is going to be in that part of the cycle. And you also know uh, what is what you what you can look forward to and uh, what you actually can be doing in uh, in that part of the cycle. Okay, so that's as far as market psychology. That's like a, a quick overview of what it looks like and how you can really use those market cycles to make the right decision and to under understand what is uh, coming in the, in the next cycle. So... If you're interested in learning how to invest in long-term and short-term rentals the right way, so you can accelerate to financial independence with the support of mentorship, community, and vetted investor agents in strong markets across the country, then get on the waitlist for the next cohort of Creating Generational Freedom at www.generationalwealthmd.com. You don't have to learn from decades of costly mistakes by yourself. 
The program is only open for enrollment in the spring and fall each year. In the last six months alone, our members have acquired over $60 million of real estate, and more importantly, they're living life and practicing medicine on their terms. You don't have to do it alone. If you're ready to make 2024 your breakthrough year, I welcome you to join us at the free virtual Physician Freedom Summit in March. The mission of this summit is to help more physicians become financially free and live life and practice medicine on their terms. We have an amazing lineup of more than 12 physician speakers and thought leaders with collective communities of over 100,000 physicians and over a billion dollars in assets under management. Many of these speakers shaped my journey. They were my mentors and friends, and I'm hoping that through this summit, they will inspire and motivate you to grow your passive and passion income so you can practice medicine on your terms. You can register for free today at generationalwealthmd.com summit. This is going to be epic and I cannot wait to see all of you there in March. So once you understand market, market psychology, the second part of really being able to uh, take advantage of uh, downturns, right? The opportunities that lie uh, during periods of downturn is understanding market fundamentals. Um, and this is the exact opposite of being emotion driven. And when we talk about market fundamentals, I want to break this down into three different things for you, right? Um, so when we're talking market fundamentals, I think the overarching bigger picture view over here is that yes, the market tends to have cycles and it tends to go up and down. But the important thing to remember is that over time, right, this is where you really have to think about inflation. Um, and so in the short term, although the market goes up and down and prices tend to fluctuate in the longer term, in the bigger picture, the important thing to remember over here is inflation. And so although these cycles go up and down over time, market prices steadily move um, I wouldn't say steadily, but over time, like the, the direction of movement is upwards, right? And that's important to remember. Um, and again, that helps ground you and make decisions based on uh, long-term decisions, right? Based on those numbers. Now, the second thing, um, which is also part of, you know, this, this, this overarching theme of inflation is the fact that when you use leverage to uh, purchase uh, real estate, um, that, and you factor in inflation, um, leverage real estate is actually one of your best hedges against inflation because if you look at that property, especially if you are getting conventional financing and you have uh, long-term fixed interest rates, when you look at that property, say 10 years or 20 years down the line, the the loan that you have is almost insignificant compared to how much the property price has increased, which means your equity in the property, right, has gone up significantly, right? Uh, but the loan is essentially, you've been paying your loan down and that's a small, a much smaller amount. So over time, because of inflation, your property prices have increased, your rents have increased, and your bigger ticket expense, which is that loan is uh, is is really small relative to your cash flow, right? Um, relative to your rents and therefore uh, your cash flow is increasing over time. Um, that's where inflation and the power of leverage is something that a sophisticated investor taps into you're not thinking short term you're thinking long term right and that's um, and that's key when you're acquiring um, real estate um, so this 
this, uh, as long as you have the ability to hold, this just, and this is where the saying comes from, right? Over time, a bad property begins to look good and a good property begins to look great, right? Um, and so giving, given time, um, as long as you have the ability to hold these properties, you're typically always trending in the right direction, okay? Now, the second thing as far as fundamentals is looking at demand and supply. And this is very, uh, this is very hyper local, but overall, right in the United States, we are in a housing shortage for the next 10 years. And uh, although in the short term, right, whenever you have these cycles, and you are, uh, you've gone from boom or expansion into, uh, into the next cycle, which is the downturn, right, or hyper supply, there is short term hyper supply. But what happens um, during these periods is that there is also uh, construction starts, starts, um, start slowing down, which means that in the long term, you know, we're still sitting in the United States, if you look at the real estate market, we still have, with all the supply that's going to hit the market, we're still in a for the next 10 years, we're still in a period of demand supply mismatch. Um, and uh, although there's short term hyper supply followed by absorption, you know, this, this is going to reset and um, we are going we are still in um, over overall in a in a phase of housing shortage for the next 10 years. And that's important to remember, right? So that gives you strength in, um, you know, in investing in real estate for the long term. Okay, so we talked about those two things. And the final thing that you have to remember as far as fundamentals is always to always, always, always um, stick to uh, recession resilient markets, right? Um, and what does that mean? I always talk about this. You hear, you know, most most investors talk about this, right? You want to invest in landlord friendly states, um, and that's going to affect your bottom line because uh, the law favors landlords, which means if you have a tenant who isn't paying, uh, who's delinquent for a period of time, um, it's easier for you to evict them, which means that your bottom line, um, you know, it doesn't affect your bottom line as much, right? Landlord friendly states are also business friendly, which means employers are moving in there, and so all of this boils down to. Um, you know, long term positive demographics, which means you have in migration, right? And this is not short term. These are not short term um, data points. You want to look at this over decades. You want to invest in markets where there is long term migration, um, you know, long term employment growth. You have diverse employers, you have anchors. So those uh, those employers are anchors bringing people in. Right. And so those fundamentals, that's something that you really want to lean into. Um, and and so the, the overarching theme is that you don't want to be speculating. You want to really lean into strategic investing and you want to focus on recession um, resilient markets and recession res resilient asset classes. OK, so we talked about market psychology. I, I feel like that is so crucial if you aren't really aware of how market psychology plays into uh, investing. And uh, if you don't know which part of the cycle we are in, then it becomes hard to make those logical decisions, right? So once you have a good grasp of that, you then lean into the fundamentals, right? And so that's like the uh, the bigger picture fundamentals um, on a national level, uh, and then temporally, and then, um, you know, um, in a, on a sub-market basis, right? So you're leading into the fundamentals. And then finally, it's always going to boil down to, you know, underwriting. Uh, and how, how are you going to uh, you know, how are you going to put your offers in, right? And so um, this, again, is just across market cycles, uh, it's it's always the same. But I think there are a few critical differences, right? You always run numbers, you always want to buy cash flowing properties. It's just that when you are, um, 
you know, in the recession phase of the cycle. It just means that you're in a buyer's market. So it's easier to find cash flowing properties, right? Um, and uh, so you you always want to look for those cash flowing properties. Uh, when you are putting offers in, um, you know, in, in the rece recession phase, the, the, the good thing is that you have the ability to bargain, you have the ability to negotiate. So you, you, you always remember that um, and lean into it. Uh, but while you're doing that, again, you, like I said before, leverage, is in the long term really beneficial for real estate investors because it really magnifies your returns. But um, and, and you know and when you invest in say single family homes, so duplexes and triplexes, and you use conventional mortgages, long term fixed uh, loans, those are very forgiving. But especially if you're in the commercial space, you want to make sure you have the ability to hold on to those assets, right? That's a big part of underwriting and stress testing. So in times like this, you want to be low, uh, your, your leverage, you want to have a low loan to vo uh, volume. I'm sorry, uh, you want to have a low LTV, right? That's going to be a uh, loan to value. Uh, that's something you want to think about, especially with commercial loans, you want to have adequate cash reserves. And then you want to stress test it. Now, stress testing your deals, that is more important. And if you've heard me talk about this, the last few years, we've been hyper focused on stress testing deals with long term and short term rentals, right. And that's because when you are in expansion and hyper supply, that is so crucial. Um, it becomes less important when you get into the other two parts of the cycle recession and um, recovery. Uh, but again, you still want to be able to do it, but uh, it's it's less critical. This is these are the times when you're in recession and recovery. Those are the times where you're making your return on the buy, right? Because you're in that in the lower part of the cycle, which means that as long as you have the ability to bargain, you have the ability to negotiate. Um, and as you can focus on distressed operators, again, distinguish distressed operators from distressed assets. And um, if you are able to go in all cash, you're able to negotiate better terms, right? Especially with these distressed operators. Um, when you do that, you don't necessarily even have to bank on value add or rehab or pouring money into those properties. Uh, because again, um, you may not see rent growth, uh, like, you may not see tremendous rent growth in the first few years of acquisition, but over time, just because you made your return on the buy and you were able to negotiate a better deal, you have some built-in equity over there that ends up being very beneficial, right? Um, typically, we talk about you know value-add strategies, tax savings, and all of these things are a buffer when you buy. Uh, when you are buying during recession and recovery, oftentimes, if you were able to negotiate a good deal, you actually have built in equity right there just because you know you bought right and that's one of the advantages of buying um recessionary assets right at this time so so that's it that's what i have those are the three things i want you to think about and i feel like you know spring is definitely coming i want all of you to be prepared education surrounding yourself with the right community surrounding yourself with people who understand these three things that we just talked about and who are ready and who are um uh, you know, preparing themselves to take advantage of the opportunities that is going to be critical. And so again, if you haven't signed up for the Physician Freedom Summit, I think that it is a great opportunity to listen to other physicians um, to who are in entrepreneurship, who are, uh, you know, um, in the finance space, who uh, invest in alternative assets, who invest directly in short term rentals, and who've made, uh, you know, they're saving six figures in, in taxes. So some of them have a greater than a million dollars of gross revenue annually from uh, alternate income streams, right? So this is the 
if you're trying to educate yourself and really, you know, I think, you know, um, take advantage of the upside of this downturn and educating yourself, surrounding yourself with the right community and um, um, attending, um, you know, summits and conferences is going to be critical. So definitely make sure you sign up for it. It's generationalwealthmd.com slash summit lowercase. Um, during this downturn, some businesses and some people will emerge stronger than, um, you know, when the when this downturn started and others will uh, you know, will just not be able to take that leap of faith and they will not be able to make the choices that, that they need to make right now. Uh, I really hope that this is this is super helpful and that you are really able to, as they say, fortunes are made in downturns. I really want you to be able to tap into it. Um, I think this is one of the unique opportunities of our generation to really, um, I don't believe in timing the market, but taking to really take advantage of the downturn and so like i talked about initially uh from warrior to rookie to analyst i want you to really make that transition to analyst uh you know and, and do things the right way and uh i'm super excited to see what the next few years have uh in store for us um and again like i said um the summit is a it's a great place i think the timing is also perfect where you're going to be able to tap into the expertise of so many physicians who have um you know seven and eight figure businesses and uh collectively have over a billion dollars in assets under management um if you sign up for the vip um experience then you also get to participate in q a um sessions with these speakers and uh yeah they're just a a world of knowledge and i hope you take advantage of that but uh you know if you can drop in comments what you think about this what your thoughts are uh about the next few years and what strategies you want to lean into i'd love to know I hope you've been inspired by this episode and are ready to take action. Your feedback means the world to me. If you found value in what you heard, I would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate the podcast, leave a review, and follow the podcast. And if you really like the episode, share it with a friend. Your ratings, reviews, follows, and shares not only motivate me, but they also help others discover the show and join the community. So please share your thoughts. Let me know what you liked and even what you'd like to hear more of in the future. I can't wait to hear from you. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. And until next time, take care.